Real quick, let the people know who you are, what you do, if you don't mind. Yeah, what's up? My name's Azaday. I'm a graphic designer, blockchain developer, you know, aspiring. Got some projects coming out. But my main thing is visuals. You know, I try to tell stories without too many words, if you know what I'm saying. So Let's talk about NFTs. I think that's the primary topic for this segment. Um, I want to hear your experience with it. Because I know you you sell NFTs as well, and yeah. uh, you're in the crypto space. We've been going back and forth about prices and oh, you know what's going to happen. Um, you predicted this little crash that we're we're, we're seeing, um, but yeah. let's talk about how you got involved in the NFT space. So, I'd say it really started with Photoshop, really just making cool flyers and posters, and whatnot, and that led into more Adobe After Effects making. Uh, things move around, making trippy edits. So I started off really experimenting with uh, making interesting videos. When TikTok was really at its peak back in the beginning of the pandemic, um, went from under a thousand followers to almost two hundred thousand in a very short span of time, getting millions upon millions of views. But you know, TikTok is a little bit shady. <laughs> they got that shadow banning algorithm, so. I don't want to say too much, but during the BLM protests, my account like lost all its uh, volume. So, well, what were you making? Um, I was making lots of jokes or just infinite loops. Um, if you'd allow me to edit this video, I'll play these clips floating above us as I describe them. But things like me controlling the weather from an imaginary panel on my wrist, it's really like me illustrating my imagination. Um, on the real world using computers, you know. That's really sick, man. Let's talk about how you got started in that space. Yeah. Let's go even further back. Even further back. Okay, cool. Let me dig deep. Because graphic design and, and, you know, first of all, what you can do with it is fascinating, but the ability to create and, and, and teach yourself how to do those things, I think that's just cool. Well, to be honest, in seventh grade, was the first time I had downloaded Blender, free 3D software editing. And I was like, what the hell is this after a little while of me tinkering around with it? So I gave up on it and got more into FL Studio, but in the back of my mind, it was always there. So I tried to find easier routes, which is how I guess I got down the Photoshop route. Because with Photoshop, I would be editing things like um, say someone would send me a plain photo of them and they needed it enhanced to look like they had superpowers. I'd be able to put a foreground, a dystopian city in the background, energy beams. So it's just all been about leveling up from 2D to 3D to 4D, you know. That's dope. Um, so I guess if we, if we jump into the NFT realm, it's a clear transition for a lot of graphic designers, artists in general, it makes sense why you would want to create them. But when did you hear about NFTs and what was like your initial reaction? So my first time hearing about NFTs was probably back in 2018, like a year after CryptoKitties launched. And my initial reaction was, nah, no way, this isn't happening, what is that? But you know, I saw people spending hundreds, or I don't know if it was hundreds at the time, but lots and lots of Ethereum on it. I didn't understand it, so I didn't get into it. Plus, you know, I wasn't investing with too much. So I didn't want to risk it on uh, uh, 8-bit JPEG, Yeah. you know. 
So fast forward to the pandemic more recently when I heard about it was when I saw the piece sold by Beeple initially for $1 was going hand to hand, going higher and higher and higher until eventually it sold for, I don't remember what the exact- 69 million. Yeah, 69 million. And the crazy thing is, Beeple wasn't the one that sold it for 69 million, but you know what? He got a percentage of each and every transaction along the way up there. So to be honest, he may have made more than the person that did that giant sale, but on top of that, it changed his entire life. Like he already had money, but <laughs> it's just like, it, it really released all restrictions from life for him. And Facts. we're seeing that happen with a lot of people as well. You know, I got a buddy named O'Shawn. You should definitely follow him. Very trippy work. Um, saw him off TikTok. And, you know, months passed by. He's putting in that work. Next thing, he's selling pieces at Sotheby's and Christie's. Ooh. If I pronounce those right, I'm sorry. I didn't know who they were until NFTs were they. Yeah, for those that may not know, that's like the highest level. That's where the biggest pieces get auctioned and sold and you know you see uh paintings going for 400 million dollars uh -huh. so yeah that's crazy he's, he's his stuff selling over there oh yeah so i mean one day i know it's just inevitable that i'll be there as well maybe not that specific auction house because me i don't have necessarily i don't have a strict image of what my goal for success is really it's just mm. all about creating something dope for me and i know if i stay consistent uh putting out quality that eventually i'm going to be garnishing the amount of attention that would land me in those type of places but you know yeah let's talk about um so after that when do you decide to produce your own art and sell it as nfts well i'd say a couple of clicks on the keyboard uh, Google and YouTube searches after you see somebody sell something for 69 million is definitely how you get started. You're like, okay, I have all these files and projects that I uploaded to social media. I uploaded to TikTok for free. Millions of people enjoyed it enough to comment and share it. Maybe somebody's willing to pay, you know, $30 to own it in this new hype trend, right? That's just the base level, you know, selling something you've already made. And Move that up a little bit if you don't uh, Yeah, no problem. Just slightly. So selling something that you've already made is the base level because it's just experimenting. Let's see what happens. But when you put it up for $30 because you're thinking in limited U.S. dollar terms, you'll soon find that the world of NFTs is governed by something a lot higher. Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency is flowing into there. Polygon NFTs, I'm going to get into later, but um, it's really changing people's lives. Yeah, it really is. And um, it's interesting how it is changing people's lives, but I, I feel like you have to have a foundation as well to really have longevity in this space. Of course. And that's why we're seeing a lot of these projects that are supported, um, that have community behind them, that you know you just essentially create a cult following oh, and, and you have yeah. people that are diehard supporters that aren't going to liquidate or sell or capitalize on trends but i think this is what most people want to hear how can they in this current state make money off of nfts yeah so realistically if you want to buy nfts you want to find 
art that's undervalued, that's quality, something that you personally like. If we're talking stocks, people might say, don't invest in something that you don't understand. When it comes to art, which is essentially what you're trading here, don't invest in something you don't like. You know, honestly, there's information out there. There's lots of sources that could be given out. I'm not sure if I want to plug them over here, but you know, there's releases that have schedules that they announce in advance. You can get in on the pre-sale. That's the number one easiest way to make money because when the NFTs are already on the open sea, most of the time, that's over. You know, you're in the secondary market. Your funds are not guaranteed. It could go up, could go down. It's subject to massive volatility of the performance of the collection, not to mention the volatility of Ethereum. So um, you want to get it on these pre-sales. It's a lot cheaper. The only thing you have to worry about is gas fees. If you're working with the larger wallet, those gas fees aren't a problem. But you know, if you're just trying to buy one or two. Uh, NFTs, I don't want you to be surprised when you have to pay a little bit extra than expected. But if all is successful, you will have gotten something that you like, that you think is quality, that has a community that you believe in, that you resonate with, and you got a piece at the cheapest price possible. When the launch date comes around, there's not really much else instructions needed because all you'll see is the prices going up most of the time. There are some scam projects, as you're aware of. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think a good place to kind of determine that is Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just pay attention to community, join Discord groups, um, and see what kind of sentiment is around a certain project. Uh, I don't know if you saw what happened with, what is it, Mechaverse? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, I was so heartbroken. They, I mean, they, it seemed like they had potential. They did. Every, everybody was hype beautiful art too and you know the creators behind it i love their work um it's just unfortunate it's crazy i was actually (laughs) i was at troll sammy's house you know talking about nfts with him i don't know if he'd bought his first one yet or if he just needed help buying one at the moment but i was trying to put him on mechaverse he didn't understand why i thought it was going to be so huge so i was really putting on 20 minute tutorials i mean explanation videos talking about why mechaverse will go to a hundred thousand and it's crazy we were in line for god knows how long trying to mint on that broken website and Pretty sure it was rigged. That's what was coming out. I'm not familiar with the details, but all I paid attention to was the floor price dropping. Oh, yeah. The sentiment around it changing. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was, like, rigged. And I think I heard somebody express that. Um, yeah, it was underwhelming for sure. But oh, yeah. See, how do, you, how do you prevent that, right? How do you not be a victim in that, in that, uh, in that uh, sense? So... I know a lot of people say diamond hands, but me personally, if I buy something for $700 and they didn't even reveal what I have, it's basically a mystery pack, and that's going for $28K, I'm taking the money and running. Facts. To be honest. I don't Facts. Want, I don't want it to be revealed. I'm fine. I will invest that money elsewhere. So just to give you all some brief advice, it's not always about holding. A lot of people are going to tell you to hold forever. But that's because they just want the price to go up enough for them to silently exit with their bag. A lot of these crypto influencers, and, you know, that ain't me, you know. Only thing I'm going to shill is my own art because it's beautiful to me. Let's talk about that because um, 
we see a lot of influencers trying to capitalize in this space and you know it makes sense why they would want to get get into it they already have a following they can influence people but i've been personally against that and i've expressed that before i've made one episode about nfts and i said stay away from influencer nfts Mm -hmm. especially if they're not an artist and they don't have a track record of producing art or selling art like if you look at logan paul making nfts you see what happens Mm -hmm. he's done this shit twice Mm -hmm. and it's the same story repeated but the the kids are still getting their parents credit cards like yo i gotta buy this logan paul nft i'll be rich it's for them to it's essentially for them to get money but same thing with shilling right if you see this is my sentiment if i see it on twitter and i see random ass people it's trending and i see everybody like hold the line hold 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 fuck that for real that's already too late yeah exactly exactly my favorite ones are those ones that you sneak up on or that sneak up on you you just wake up one morning and see it's up 28 percent. you're like huh Mm -hmm. but yeah these influencers are really crazy, but I can't blame them. You know, I dipped my toe into the influencer world when I was really active on TikTok. And people will pay you to do anything under the sun. Right now, NFTs are hot, right? Even me personally, I've considered, uh, you know, I was approached by a social media influencer that said that they would promote my art. And, you know, they're guaranteed to get me somebody to buy it. You know, I considered it because this was the beginning of my journey. And I was like, that's amazing. This guy's going to get me that piece that sells for thousands. But um, ultimately, I didn't go with him because when it comes to the decentralized web or the decentralized world in general, your audience finds you. All you got to do is be consistent. That doesn't equate to sales necessarily, but it does necess- uh, definitely equate to finding your audience. Now, when it comes to selling, that's a whole other uh, discussion. Yeah, talk about the sales that you've been making. You know, what do you think allows you to sell your NFTs? So, at the end of the day, it's a combination of two things, yin and yang. One, people like the art and want to own it. Two, they think that's going to be worth something further on, you know. If you look at the graph, Y equals MX plus B, you can just look at the past to use it to determine the future of other pieces. So, you know, as long as I keep on putting quality, collaborating with quality, and, you know, performing, exceeding expectations, I really think it's going to be worth something going into the future. I know a lot of people say 95% of NFTs will fail, and that's because as a creator, we see that there's a lot of people that just upload blank pictures or mm-hmm. I like you Gary V you know you, I really you gave me the TikTok advice but you gotta step up them doodles man <laughs> that is interesting the doodles going for like I don't even know what the floor is 10 13 ETH like mm-hmm. the fact that he can do that speaks to the influence that having a community can have Oh, yeah. And I think that boils down to being authentic, providing value, mm-hmm. being consistent, like you said. That's literally the best example if you look at it. Yeah. Him being consistent, he can sell scribbles. Most definitely. At Christie's. Yeah. And, you know, while I love Gary Vee, you know, I've always looked to his advice. He does not exist, so it doesn't matter what my opinion is to him. But the whole scribble thing just kind of feels like a slap in the face for a lot of smaller artists or people that aren't as privileged as he, that they're out here putting blood, sweat, and tears, like my boy Oshan, for example, or somebody else, Snappy Cakes. 
uh, collaborated with him with my most recent uh, NFT collection. But I guess things just come easy to you when you already have that lane established. So sometimes people feel like they could ease off the quality. They could just put out whatever. So to everybody else that's buying and just looking at it as a financial investment, cool. But to the artists that are really in this for the beauty of the space, for the creativity, to see CNN talking about this Christie's auction of five, never mind. I, I don't even want to put out no negativity. You know, I don't like speaking that. But <laughs> just know it is very inspiring to see that I definitely have the quality necessary to get to places like that. Everything else that I'm not seeing that Gary Vee has done, the work he's put in, that's what I'm learning right now through my experience. You know, I've sold quite a few NFTs. Um, I definitely invest in cryptocurrency with my paychecks, uh, but I pay my bills mostly with cryptocurrency that comes from my NFTs. Whenever somebody resells my work, I get a cut. Whenever somebody buys a piece, I get that in full, sent to my Ethereum wallet immediately, and I can cash out through whatever provider I use. Um, especially the collaboration pieces, those are my favorite because you're working with another artist, it's like two audiences combined, twice the amount of eyes, which really gives you the convenience of speed when it comes to sales. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you're splitting it. But it's still amazing because it's like, Hell yeah, we just sold our art for a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> no, it's absolutely a great feeling. Um, and I have a few artist friends that are trying to venture out in that world. What advice would you give an artist or anybody that's interested in creating NFTs, selling NFTs? How would you advise them in terms of creating a successful NFT that sells? Because I have friends that have put NFTs out. There's no traction, there's no community. And I understand why, but how do they work around that? I'd say instead of trying to, let me do a metaphor, right? Imagine there's a road, it's a traffic jam, or there's not a traffic jam yet, just imagine it's clear. There's a fast lane and there's a slow lane. The people in the slow lane, they're just trying to get where they're going, they don't really care. The people in the fast lane are swerving in and out, doing whatever they can to get there as quick as possible. So what happens is when there's no traffic, the people in the fast lane, cool, they're getting the bread. Now everybody, when things slow down in the slower lanes, they're looking at them like, hold on, I'm trying to get the type of money that they're getting, the fast money. So everybody tries to merge over to the left into the fast lanes and boom, when the traffic jam hits, what happens? If you live in Houston, you know that them left lanes are the worst because it's a super clogged, super saturated area. If you're doing something that's unique, um, and that's a very loosely defined term, I'm not going to tell you what unique is, but if you're not just trying to do a money grab or trying to copy something similar that you saw that somebody else did, then you should be able to be confident enough to put enough, I'm trying to think the right words. You don't do cuts, do you? We can if you want to, but... I don't think it's necessary. I okay, mean, cool. I kind of understand what you're saying. And you you want to be confident in what you're putting out and you want to make sure it's unique and authentic to yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't want to copy some shit that exactly. you see just because of some hype or trend. 
um we've seen that with crypto punks right we see so many of these punks come out oh yeah anime punks poly punks oh yeah shit when i first started i was so eager to buy an nft my first nft was a poly punk or some random shit like that what yeah exactly like there's some (laughs) random ass shit right and i i don't know how much i paid like 100 150 bucks whatever congrats i mean i bought it just to buy it because i wanted to get familiar with the process and how it works and you know connecting the wallet um purchasing getting familiar with gas fees uh, etc because my my trading experience had been on coinbase exclusively so i wasn't familiar with network fees gas fees like that yeah they're Um, custodial wallet they really it's like safety wheels it's very helpful when you don't really care to get into all the nitty-gritty yeah but the nitty-gritty can be beautiful exactly and i learned that by spending money so i'm not (laughs) i'm not opposed to that actually that that strategy for anybody you know you you want to set aside a certain amount of money because there is a high probability that you will lose it or it will go to waste or it will not multiply yeah um but through that the learning that you receive is worth more it can be worth more if you apply it in the right way let's speak uh further on the artist side so obviously being authentic is important but how let's let's say so how did you personally go about building a community of people that would support the art so um i feel like i really set the foundation for my community in the tiktok days through just posting um interesting funny sometimes purposely cringy and trollish things that kind of gave me a small um, type of niche a small following people that were expecting me to put out certain types of content uh, consistently so with those types of people you know it kind of locked me into a certain genre of art that made me more consistent in my work now when I started putting things out of course now the videos that I'm posting are higher quality, they're in full 3D, nothing really changed except now I'm selling the ownership rights of it on the blockchain. So I think, just or not I think, just yesterday, uh, one of my TikTok followers saw an NFT that I posted on my page a couple weeks ago, and he decided to go to my OpenSea link and he bought um, a bot from my most recent collection. So. Uh, one thing that I used to build com- community with those is still in the works for the bots necessarily, but you want to have everything connected. You know, you look at a couple of my other NFTs that have sold, like Distractions One, that actually sold to a uh, Grammy-nominated platinum recording aunt- artist Chantel. She made that song impossible. I love that, and a lot more. You know, new songs. But who's Chantel? Chantel? Yeah. Ah oh, man. I got did, I just, did I just uh, expose myself in terms of the cultural knowledge that I possess? <laughs> nah, nah. You'll, you'll definitely recognize it when you hear it. But it'll be very embarrassing if I hold this song up to the microphone and you don't recognize it. What's my battery <laughs> on? 3%. Check this out. She's the best. Oh, man. She's been so supportive. Uh, I had a little bidding war breakout on this NFT. And she ended up winning the, the bidding war, but it was her first nice. time doing an auction. It was her first video NFT. That's um, sick. That's got to be a great feeling, right? Oh, man, yeah. Introducing someone to that world. Definitely, especially someone as high up as her. South familiar? Let's see. Nope. Not yet. 
Okay, maybe. Maybe. I might have heard this in passing or something. <laughs> but I get it. Like, it's it's certainly a great feeling. Let's segue into managing relationships. I've heard you drop some names, talk about some people that you're connected with. What do you think, in your experience, has allowed you to maintain and, and curate relationships? Really, just not being afraid to reach out. Because I'm really big on that, you know. Social media is kind of a facade where we want to look tough and look like we're the top dog, but people should be coming to us. Oh, I'm the main character. But uh, realistically, I'm always constantly looking for new people to work with because the way that I see it, it's a, a union of two different types of creativity where we can bounce ideas off each other and make something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Um, so, you know, I send out a lot of DMs uh, to people that I want to work with, but the, the best, most genuine connections I've had have always been in person. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. I guess just putting yourself in that mindset of wanting to work with people, it kind of opens up your vision to opportunities to be in the right area. Like, shout out my boy, Zach Seg. Uh, didn't know who he was on my birthday. But my close friend Shazama brought him over, and he's the one that introduced me to Trill Sammy, got me to work on a couple of his music video visualizers. So I really thank you for that that opportunity. Uh, but we were just talking. He said, "Oh yeah, I shoot videos." I said, like, "Oh, I edit videos." It don't matter to me if you got a thousand followers, if you got a hundred thousand followers. I don't know, but if I think you got a dope vision, I'm like, we can make something. Because the numbers that you see on the app on your phone, they don't matter. And a lot of times they're paid for. So um, long story short, people that I connect with and say, let's work, it reaches a wider audience. You know, it's like a Venn diagram. The people in the middle that are shared between our audience, theirs, mine, but there's a, a third variable in it the pool outside because almost all of my collaborations, and I'd recommend this for any artist, any of your collaborations are gonna be much more likely to be pushed to the Explore page or the For You page or whatever uh, app you're using. If it has an algorithm that detects uh, engagement, when you collaborate, that engagement is usually doubled from a more diverse pool. This is a new feature, by the way. Really? The, the, are you talking about the Instagram feature, Collaborate? Oh, no, I haven't even used that yet. I just mean, like, working together with someone to put a piece of art together. You, you know, know, it's interesting. They actually added a feature where that. if you and I take a picture and I tag you as a collaborator, oh, it shows it on your feed and it shows it on my feed. And it shows our profile pictures together. Exactly. And I think that just speaks to what you just said. I mean, they, they, they recognized that aspect and made it a feature. Oh, yeah, you're so right. Because I remember when I first saw it, uh, it was Gilbert Sosa. I'm like, oh, he got a million followers. Instagram's giving them all the features first. But then I started seeing, I guess it's just because I don't update my apps. I don't trust yeah. the things that they sneak into these Bro, apps. Bro, I never even got reels. Oh. Yeah, like it, it, I got the collaborate thing. I never got reels. <laughs> That's the most fucked up shit that's happened to me. Yeah, they're playing with you, man. <laughs> yeah, they're playing with me. I have it on my personal account that I don't use. God damn. I don't have it on my content account, but that's a whole other story. Um, Instagram doesn't like me. There's a lot of um, shadow banning. Oh, my ad accounts get restricted nonstop. 
Yep. But, it, it, you know, I, I personally don't care about that. I think I like the more genuine, collaborative approach of actually meeting people and just creating a connection because, like, a connection that lasts beyond Instagram. That's Most what I'm definitely. more focused on anyway. Oh, yeah. I don't care about the numbers as well because, like I said, it's, it, it is manipulated. Um, yeah. In, 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 in a lot of instances, and you'd be shocked. You'd be surprised how oh. many big people that you Most, think are big. I would not be surprised because I know what to look for. I know what's real, what's not, because I get a lot of people that reach out to me. And if you don't got a lot of followers, that doesn't matter to me. But if you got a lot of fake followers, Fuck it, that. I don't want my algorithm track record getting stained. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but just speaking back on the numbers... Um, a lot of people, I know it can take a mental toll on you as well because you start to subconsciously tie your worth to the amount of likes you're getting. I mean, some people might be stronger than I was, but I remember in the pandemic, um, I was the only person in my apartment months, wasn't talking to nobody, my family on the other side of town, quarantined. And I would be getting, say, 100,000 likes on the video and I'd be feeling good in a good mood. Next day, I post something, and I'd only get 10,000 likes in 30 minutes, and I'd be like, what the fuck, man? I'm not good. Wait, wait, hold on, wait. And then I'd think and be like, hold on, this is such a first-world problem. Mm-hmm. Because two months ago, getting 10,000 likes was a mind-blowing accomplishment to me. So while you're constantly checking yourself, like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's still in the back of your mind, it's kind of... They do it on purpose. Uh, there's a lot of documentaries on it. It's to get you hooked. Um, but the likes, very dangerous to get hooked on the numbers. I'm a free man of the numbers now, and I'm all about the art. So, I think that's the place to be in. Um, and I've, I've had a similar experience in that, in that regard, worrying about likes, worrying about follower count. You, you almost change... Like you almost change what you value, right? We used to value the content, the quality. I mean, obviously the market dictates how valuable and how high quality your work is. Mm -hmm. But that dictation is predicated on a metric that is very easy to deploy and easy to not deploy. You get what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's easy to drop a like without actually seeing the content. And it's easy to not drop a like after appreciating and seeing the content. That's me. I'm sorry to all my friends. I do that to y'all all the time. I'm sorry. I see stuff. I like it. But it's not personal. Like, it's not like when you're busy, when you're thinking about a bunch of things and you're scrolling, you can appreciate something and not like it. And I think more people need to talk about that. You know, likes don't necessarily equate quality directly. You can appreciate something and hit somebody up in a month. Like, let's explore this thought for a second and and, and see if you relate to this. If I see something, for example, on your page, and I appreciate it, I like the art, but I don't like it, I don't comment on it, I don't hit you up about it, but a month later I think about you and I think about that image, and then I hit you up based on what I saw a month ago, What's worth more, the like in the moment or me reaching out in a month with some genuine like appreciation for what you do, trying to make something happen and work? I'll be honest, man. The latter, most definitely, because it happens to me all the time. I used to think people watching me was like, oh, they watch it, they support it, y'all don't rock with me, whatever, whatever. But as I started to, you know, disconnect from 
that thought and not really tie what I'm doing to if people are constantly giving me validation for it, um, I started to realize that people are watching, but they're also doing their own thing. So they don't have yeah. time to constantly be dick riding everybody. And some nice. people want to be constantly dick road. If you're one of those people, I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody needs to sit you down to have a conversation with you. But uh, realistically speaking, um, sorry, I got taken off the subject. No, you're good. I mean, run me back. It is a constant struggle um, to to balance feedback and balance, you know, the 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 focus that you have to maintain in order to improve your craft. Because you do yeah. want feedback. You don't want to just keep making shit and not worrying about likes and not knowing if your stuff is actually quality or not. Exactly. Like the market again dictates how valuable your stuff is. You could put NFTs out. But if the market doesn't respect it or buy it or drops the floor or thinks that's what it's worth based on whatever factors, then that's what it's worth. Like, you can think it's worth something. Exactly. But the market doesn't respond. And I just remember before I went on my tangent, I forgot to get to the point. Shout out to all the people that, you know, waited to hit me up because they're watching to see if this is something that's actually sticking, if this is something that you're doing. Because anybody can have a million hobbies. But when you consistently show up, whether or not you know that people are watching and constantly giving you validation, that's when they can tell that you really love what you do. So whether or not they support you, they know you're still going to be doing it. Exactly. And that's what gets them that genuine appreciation that gives them the ability to look at things from a different perspective. And, you know. And hopefully that's inspiring to them as well on some level because I've met people that are purely driven by that validation. They're, in, they're caught in a loop. If they don't have validation, they'll disappear for a month and they justify it, which no disrespect, I would do the same thing if I was in that loop. They would justify it by saying I needed to recharge. And if if, if, if you see somebody recharging and, and, and taking a month off every like two months and they're like, ah, oh, I just had to take time for myself. And they're not really dedicated, in my opinion, because... Being dedicated requires you working through tough times. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are on one hour of sleep and oh, you're yeah. here. <laughs> that, that's dedication. Hey, I, I was chilling with my girlfriend. I could have slept in, you know, I could have yeah. chilled the whole day. Like doing things when you don't necessarily want to be doing them. And I don't mean I don't want to do this. This is a fucking interesting conversation. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. We could have done this any day type oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I, the point I, is going through stuff and still putting in the work is what's admired and respected if you want to talk about that within your journey times where when when times were tough and you still like pushed through and persevered through yeah i remember there was um, a point during the pandemic i know a lot of people were um, receiving unemployment payment and i was as well but i guess there was just a moment where i forgot to reapply literally everything went down so there was no work um, this was I was getting started into NFTs, but um, I was behind on a lot of bills, and uh, there was one specifically a car note that I had to pay, and if I didn't pay it, one it would have had to stay in all my credit report. Two, I don't know, I mean, how long it would be before they repo it, but I didn't want that to happen, God forbid. So um, I had $150. With $150, it was half of my car note at the time, and I was thinking, okay, I can either 
try to find $150 or borrow, or I could flip this $150 into it. I looked at the Forex charts, and I said, hell no. Uh, so I went a different route. Um, I spent the $150 on gas fees, and thank God it said $150, but after the fact, it left me like 60 bucks left over um, to post my own NFT uh, on Rarible. And I remember that specific NFT ended up selling for 255 bucks at the time. I didn't even cash out that Ethereum, but Ethereum jumped up. I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was something crazy. Because uh, this is when the price was just going up, up, up during the pandemic. But um, basically that 255 turned into the full car note and some... So I pulled out the car note and kept the rest there in profit um, in my Ethereum wallet. And I used that money to pay for the gas fees for the next NFT, which sold multiple times. And then used profits from that rolled over. So I've kind of established a system now, which is I feel blessed, but it's really just the beginning. That if I have uh, an urgent need, an emergency... I mean, with the snap of my fingers, the tap of my phone, without authorization from any central authority, I can receive however, not, I mean, I'm not rich yet, but for the urgent needs, the things that I need to get by, I'm really blessed to say that at this moment, I'm able to provide off of my art. My only goal is to get it to a point where I'm able to do more than just bare minimum provide, mm -hmm. able to, you know. Well, that's how that. you start, though exactly and that um, speaks to the foundation you built I guess we're 40 minutes in um, crazy I like appreciate this man for real yeah. it was great meeting you please let the people know where they can find you where they can find the NFTs socials anything else yeah my Instagram is going to be Azaday that's A-S-A-D-A-Y Twitter not on there too much but go ahead follow same thing but with the TJ at the end uh so I'm on OpenSea and Rarible under the same name, A-S-A-D-A-Y. The Bots Collection comes with royalties. Check us out. Appreciate you.